welcome to the Champagne Lounge. My guest on today's episode of the show is Pip Brett. Now, Pip came on my agenda and in front of my eyes when she was launching the huddle, um, or was running the huddle, I should say. It's been around for a while in the last couple of months. And I was in, just moved to regional Australia, as many of you listeners know. And Pip is also in regional Australia, just in a slightly different area to me in New South Wales. And I am gutted, Pip, that I wasn't at the huddle this year because it looked phenomenal. It hit my social feeds and I knew I had to talk to you. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Very exciting. And you'll have to come to the next one next year. I definitely will have to come to the next one next year. And we, that's something I want to talk to you about after this too, my love, because it, it took me, you know, I know a lot of people that were there. So um, it, I'm very excited to learn a lot more about that. But that's not what I want to talk to you about today. I want to know, as um, someone who now has grown a business in regional New South Wales, what your what your background is, what community has meant for you in the growth of that business. So give me a little bit of a backstory about who you are, what your business is, because that's not just the huddle that we've spoken about just now. What are you all about, Pip? Tell us tell us that. Well, I'm Pip. I was born and bred in Orange in the central west of New South Wales. And um, my mum had a clothing store in Orange for 25 years. So I watched her sort of she was amazing and really the best mentor that anyone could ever have. Just watching her build her business was amazing. And then um, I was always very creative as well. So after high school, I went to uni and studied a Bachelor of Design in Fashion and Textiles because I wanted to be a fashion designer. But I think like a week after I graduated, I decided that I wanted to open a clothing store. So at 21, like young and dumb, naive maybe but um I opened my first clothing store I opened it in Bathurst I was oh. like 17 years well a long time ago now my maths isn't as good <laughs> at that time there was no online shopping or social media and emails were only just starting then so there wasn't a lot of cool stores out in regional Australia out of the big cities but it's very different now like every you know tiny town has a gorgeous coffee shop and clothing store homewares but back then it was really different and it was hard to convince brands that people in regional Australia actually wanted their stuff but we got there in the end and I guess it's just been this like an evolution over the years where you know I think about 10 years ago, I added Jumbled, which was a homeware store. So that was after, you know, I started, I bought my own home and I realized I loved art and homewares as much as fashion. So new homes tend to do that to you. Like buying a new house so. goes, yep, I want to be an interior designer now. <laughs> totally. And I think they all go hand in hand as well. Like if with fashion, if you, if you look good, you feel good. And if you're home, you feel good in your home, like a, a space can really change your emotions so much. So I love all of that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, and then social media and we've gone online and now we ship all around the world really. But I guess Jumbled is now, it's my two stores combined and we're in a big old Masonic Hall in orange that my husband and I renovated and it's sort of um the way I'd describe it would be everything that I love under one roof love that it's it's sort of less is more um, more is more less is a ball you know like there's lots of color <laughs> I love that yeah and 
yeah, so that's sort of where we're at at the moment. But it's, you know, it's been a hard slog. That's the very mm-hmm. glossy version of that. But yeah. So, so you, you're right. During a business, everything we have online right now and looking at it, everyone's like, oh, it looks so fabulous. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You missed the decades of work that I put in to get it to that point. Um, but you, you grew up in Orange. You put, opened your first store in, in Bathurst. So what was the move there? Like why, why Bathurst? Why did you choose to go and open a retail store in a town that you, you know, potentially didn't, I don't know this, but didn't know anyone locally to, to help you grow that? What did that look like for you at the time? When I was at uni, I was obviously living in Sydney and I was deciding where to put it. It was like either going to be Clavelli or Bondi or would it be Bathurst or Orange? And for me, Bathurst, I picked Bathurst because the uni was there. So there was like a younger crowd. But then I quickly realised that uni students have no money. And because it's so close to Sydney, they all go back to Sydney a lot. And holidays, uni holidays, I forgot how long they were. So I discovered that Orange clients were my main, was where it was at. So I've been pretty good over the years, knowing when something doesn't work, I change it and change it pretty quickly. So I moved it over to Orange and it's like, it just went gangbusters overnight. And Orange is a really amazing town that for forever they've been saying orange is the new black you know it's the cool place but they've been saying that for like 30 years so but really it really has become a real destination place for people to come and visit especially since covid um it's mm-hmm. been amazing so it's sort of gone from strength to strength so orange has definitely been one of the smartest moves that are made but yeah it was just identifying that regional areas wanted cool fashion and everyone was traveling to Sydney and shopping for the weekend at David Jones you know what I mean so I just saw that there was an opening out here and and didn't think too much more about it but I think as time's gone on you know I think at the beginning I was probably felt inferior when I was being a regional store you know I probably saw it as more of a negative I think that's because of the Mm. fashion industry that I was dealing with but now I see regional being regional as a total advantage and a positive I think regional businesses are so good at differentiating themselves and I think we're really good at telling our story and we're and we're not afraid to say who we are you know there's so many big city stores that are probably that are trying to act bigger than they are and not showing who the person is behind the business. But I feel like being regional is such an advantage at this point in time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I've only just recently moved regional and actually Orange was the other alternative for us when we were deciding where to live. It was going to be either the Orange or Mudgy and we went we went mudgy because I preferred the quainter, smaller town um, yeah. sort of sort of vibe. But you're you're right. It's it, for me. I've I've now total convert in where I buy all of my clothing now. In terms of the local stores around, they're just so much more fun and personable. You know, it's that human buys from human. The stories, the conversations, and for me, the customer service is always so much better when you know there's skin in the game for the person that's running the store. But as you've built that store and you've obviously moved it to online now, as most you know, stores have, what has the local community meant for you in the growth of that store and you 
having that regular foot traffic as well as the tourism foot traffic sort of how have have you navigated that from a community perspective Mm. orange has a very like has a very supportive business community which has been really good but then but then small towns they all obviously have their um, negatives as being a small community as well but I do think that in Orange we are at an advantage because the foot traffic is a lot all week Um, so locals during the week and also our smaller surrounding satellite towns but then tourism on the weekends but I've definitely noticed that tourists are staying for longer extending their stays and coming during the week I think that's because people can now work from home or work from Mm. Orange or wherever but um, yeah I think you know when you do open a store you do need to have a lot of foot traffic you still need to have that even though you can be a destination store you just need a lot of people coming in like you need a lot of people clicking on your website but I feel really lucky that we're in the town that we're in but I think having online as well has meant that you don't have to rely on your local community as much you know I used to say that it drought proofed our business um, social media and online when we were going through one of the worst droughts, but then it managed to COVID-proof our business. You know, I think it's just about not having all your eggs in one basket. But, yeah, that's what I think is is nice, having the the different the two different things running at the same time. Mm, working in, in unison and, and the way they work, I, I think it's phenomenal how you can you can be anywhere in the world right now and sell to anyone anywhere else in the world. I think it's it's pretty pretty amazing to do that, particularly when you can curate such a a beautiful sense of, of story, of product, of all the things for people to come and want to know what you're doing and why, which I think is something, as you said, that regional regional towns and regional providers do really well. The Champagne Lounge isn't just a podcast. It's an instant digital community for ambitious businesswomen and entrepreneurs like you wanting more connection, community and celebration. So wherever you are in the world, whatever stage of business you're at, if you're looking for that ultimate female cheer squad of like-minded women, head over to thechampagnelounge.com to come and join us. In terms of sort of of that and being within Orange and you've had the store for a while now, what sparked it in you to start the huddle like where where did the huddle come into that why did you want to get female business owners together and put on such a massive event events are no small feat you know they're no small feat to pull off put together so what what sparked that what lit you up to to give that a go I think it was um many things building up to that point that led us to the huddle I feel like a while ago I had thought about what the purpose of you know, my business was, what the purpose of myself was, you know, and, um, you know, because obviously in retail, you're not saving lives or really doing anything amazing. But we sort of, I sort of identified that our purpose was to, you know, to bring joy to that and that being to myself, to my staff and to my customers. And and then it might it was also to inspire and to educate. So we were trying to just and to give back. So it was those three things that I felt like was the purpose of Jumbled. And so I guess those three things have sort of dr- drives everything that we do in store and on social media. So I think 
as our audience on social media kind of just really grew, I realized that, you know, you can have so much power to do good things. So, you know, in terms of the give back. So I'm not just selling and taking from people the whole time. Like, how can I give back to my community? You know, that was probably something that was playing out in the background, just with lots of different things. If something came our way that we felt really passionate about, we did something about it, or we were just trying to help other small business owners in our community. But I think it was just noticing that, you know, hey, this really cool tool of social media, we can do something good with it, as well as make our business profitable. You know what I mean? So I think that's where that was where it sort of started from. But then we were going through one of our worst droughts and we were auctioning off artworks and donating all the money for farmers to have coffees in Walgett and Canamble and Dubbo, doing things like that. But I felt like I wanted to do something like a bit more meaningful Mm -hmm. and I was, Jess is my right-hand girl and we were down in Melbourne at a dinner and I was sitting next to a really interesting lady who I just thought when we're walking home, well, there was a really interesting lady, but then there was also a kind of a jerk lady sitting next to her that was really <laughs> mean about regional stores. And she was a supplier. Right. I, I hope she won't be listening. She was a supplier and she stocked a lot of regional stores and she was kind of dissing us. And I thought, yeah. and I was like, you know, you should go out and, and see your stores because what you're saying is not right. And that really annoyed me. But the other lady I was talking to was just so amazing and 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 just totally understood the power of, of the regional store and regional businesses and, and just kind of made me think. And so on the way home, we'd had a few drinks and I was like, you know, it would be so cool. Imagine if we could get, you know, her and 10 other amazing women to come and speak to our community and we'll make them we'll get all our guests that come to stay for three days because that will be really good for our community it will bring money and they've got to stay and they've got to eat and we'll do different events over those three days and we'll, we'll all learn and we'll come together and you know that's how the huddle sort of came about we were like yeah let's do it we'd literally never run an event before I'd never we we had no experience with running an event, but our main thing was that we wanted to create an event that we wanted to attend and we yeah. wanted it to be flawless. So they were just our two things. We just worked so hard to try and achieve that. So we've done um we've done three now. So yeah, and I, I do think they just keep getting better and better and, and the power of the community and the power of women coming together and it's it's absolutely a life highlight. Just seeing all the women in the room, like I get really emotional about it. It's just so amazing. I could feel the energy from from the from the photos and the videos and the stories of friends of mine that I know were there who were you know they were speaking they were gifting things you know all part of the sponsors so just seeing that grow and knowing it's the third year now is a really it's incredible you know what you've built in terms of that energy that impact and the community not only in the room with those women but also 
wider than that, you know, in the local community, as you say, giving back, staying there, spreading it out over a few days. I'm curious, when you first started it, was it just local, regional businesses and women that came and were part of it? Or have people traveled the whole time since you, since you launched that? I know people traveled from Melbourne, Sydney, you know, all sorts of places to, to get to Orange mm-hmm. and attend the event. So how has it grown in those three years in terms of who's attending? I would say from the beginning, it's been more people that aren't local. I think in Orange, we're pretty lucky having access to things. But I think it was, I think about a third of people that live within um, the central west of New South Wales, and that includes Orange, obviously. And the rest are from Sydney, interstate, lots from Queensland, New Zealand, lots from South Australia the year before. I feel like with our um, Instagram and social media community, it just from the beginning, it had a very wide ranging audience. I think sometimes it is harder to convince the local people to come. I guess that's our challenge also. But in saying that, we really did want people to visit our town as one of our core parts of the huddle so that's where that's been that's been great for us food the accommodation is all booked out all the restaurants are booked out all the hairdressers you know it's super <laughs> town on yeah. town on that weekend is so colorful and loud like one of the winery owners spoke at one of our tourism meetings and he's like well don't you pit for bringing eleven thousand women to orange the other day and i was like it was like 700 and he's like it felt like eleven thousand. <laughs> so i love that lovely but it's kind of that um yeah it's sort of your vibe attracts your tribe and it, and it, um you know and i think people are just coming happy and open and um you know, and it is very stressful coming to an event. Lots of people come solo to the huddle, which I think is where, you know, when you're feeling most uncomfortable is when the magic happens because you're feeling, you know, you, you're vulnerable, but you're also really open and paying attention. So we, we encourage people to travel solo as well. Mm, you give me all the feels on this because it's thinking the way that you've operated the, your business and the huddle is, is very, I'm surprised we haven't seen or met each other before because it's almost as though I'm having conversations with internal thoughts in my own brain. You know, it's that I love that just the sheer passion for that connection, the inspiration that it's okay to be you and just come and see who's here because it's a safe space to, to learn, you know, be, be comfortable, share who you are, share what you do and all the, the give back and the impact and the ripple effect is just just phenomenal. It's given me goosebumps as I'm thinking about it and hearing you talk about it. Now you're in your third year of it. What, what does the future look like for the huddle? Have you got big, big dreams for it? Is it going to continue in the way that you've done it? And what does it look like for the future of that? I think I just want to make it better every year. I don't need to make it bigger because it still needs to be in orange because that's the core of the whole idea for us to benefit our community as well but I just want to improve on it and make it better and more inspiring and cover new areas of interest of um you know we get lots of feedback after the huddle about who were people's favorite speakers what did they 
What were their key takeaways? Who would they love to hear from next time? I think feedback's really valuable when it's from the people that you really want it from. But yeah, I just, I I personally find it to be so inspiring myself. I just want to keep doing that and keep enjoying it and see what exciting things come from it. You know, there's been really lovely um, business relationships and collaborations, but also seeing certain businesses grow, certain, you know, we always do elevator pitches throughout the day where people get up and, you know, they're so nervous, but they sh- say who they who they are and what their business is, you know, and even the people, what's happened and changed to them over those three years and maybe some really tough things as well, but just to see how they've gotten through it. It's just like, honestly, so amazing. Mm. And we get so much from it, but so much, a lot of work goes into it. So we're having it the next one in March in 2024 because it snowed at the last one. And so <laughs> it <looked> very cold. <laughs> I think that was quite amazing from the, for the people from Queensland because they're excited to see autumn leaves which they don't usually see but I feel like we were just very lucky with the weather with our um outside events but I thought you know March is just far more regular with its mm-hmm. weather so we'll do it then so we're already we've already started approaching our mentors that we'd really love but yeah that's just a process of making everything fit and flow but we've got some really cool ideas and things that I'm like oh what about this and Jess so oh my gosh you know so but yeah no it's in it's in full swing already which is very exciting that's super exciting I cannot wait to see the impact continue to go like continue to grow and and be in attendance myself next year I mean for me you know being new to a certain I've talked a lot about it um on this show but also on on my socials about the difference is in moving to a regional space and the energy and the vibe being so different to being in the city and just so much more welcoming and exciting and as you said vibrant so to see that come to life and to to hear you share the story about how it's come to life as well has been incredibly inspiring for me but also no doubt to our to our listeners to see where that goes next um so thank you for sharing that story and sharing your business journey now i always wrap up the show pip with a question i ask everybody because as female business owners we tend to just keep jumping to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and we never really stop and acknowledge the things that we've achieved and i encourage celebration as part of what we do here at the Champagne Lounge. What is one thing that you've achieved in the last, let's say quarter, that you should have celebrated and haven't actually acknowledged and high-fived yourself for yet? Oh, gosh, yeah. See, I'm I'm one for that 100%. What you just said, I'm, I'm always jumping from one thing to the next thing. I would, oh, gosh, that's such a tricky one. I would probably say it's all of it. I probably rarely, you know, after the huddle, we all go out, all of my staff afterwards, and we celebrate that. But that's probably the only thing that we stop and talk about and recognise. But I would just think on a, gosh, even on a daily level. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's such a hard one. I'd just say end of financial year, we've just finished that. And I think for the way the economy's going 
my business has done has done really well and you know it's definitely been a lot harder to make money in the last financial year as I'm so, sure many businesses are finding that but we've tapped into new income streams and and tried to push ourselves harder and you know so I think that's probably something that perhaps tonight I might have a champagne over yeah. just that the end of financial year and and um I should actually get all my staff involved in that as well so thank you that's a really good um kick up the backside that I needed Rebecca because yeah it's definitely um it's where we're a bit naughty how we don't do that yeah, well, cheers to you for doing that and <laughs> celebrating it. And I'm going to follow you now vividly on socials over the next few days to see a photo of you raising that champagne glass <laughs> with your team. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's kind of, um, we've got a cafe in store that also has a liquor licence, so it's very easy to have a champagne at work these days, so that's good. I love but that. It'll be easy I will have to, to um, have to be popping in and having a champagne together when I'm next Good, in please do. Next time you're over. I would, yeah. I would love that. I would love that. Pip, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting all things community, connection and celebration. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and I really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Rebecca. And thanks for reminding me of, of a few things I need to do. It's good. Pleasure, my love. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Champagne Lounge podcast. If you'd love to be part of our thriving global community, head over to thechampagnelounge.com to join us.